This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. So almost 10 years ago, to this day and season, I don't really know what it is, but there's something about this season, Christmas season, that God has done a lot in our life. And about 10 years ago, during this time, me and Jess made a radical decision to trust the Lord and walk in great faith. It was a decision that would change our life forever, and it would change all of your lives that are here today. And that decision was that three weeks before Christmas, um, I had been feeling for months. The Lord had been waking me up in the night, telling me to quit my job the job that I worked at in Michigan for nine years. We loved Valley. We loved the kids. Um, We were uh, on a fast track to becoming a lot there. Um, They wanted to groom us to become campus pastors. Jess was the worship leader of the church. It was about a 5,000-member church at that time. Um, The opportunity was there for some day for us to potentially take over the church, and God was speaking to us about quitting our job and uh, and he would wake me up in the middle of the night, and I would have this pastor named Pastor Pat on my mind. And he's a pastor in Dayton, he's a living word in Dayton. And um, for about six months, I just kept waking up and hearing God and hearing God and hearing God and being in that place where I'm like, how am I going to do this? Anybody ever felt that before, where God is like speaking to you, and it's radical, and you're like, I don't understand how, and he, but he just won't let go. And I'll never forget this one day, I'm at my desk, and I can't think, I can't concentrate, and my associate pastor, Pastor Richard, came to my desk, and he goes, he literally said this, he said, do you have something you need to tell me? And it wasn't like a, like, in trouble, because there was plenty of times that I was in trouble, okay? I mean, I was a youth pastor, okay? I just got in trouble all the time, okay? Like Death Mountain, we sent... 10 kids to the ER with concussions, you know, I mean, it's just one girl's finger was like broken, like down, like down here. Like, yeah, it was, it was bad. I got in a lot of trouble. Okay. So, so he came, came to my desk. He said, do you have something to tell me? And the Holy Spirit was like, you quit right now. You quit right now. And so we went to his office and I told him, I said, I said, Pastor Richard, I don't know what to say, but I, I need to quit. And he said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I said, I think, I'm, I think I'm supposed to go help Pastor Pat, but I haven't talked to him yet, but I need to quit my job. And he said, are you sure you want to quit your job? You know, you have two kids and a family and a great future ahead of you. Are you sure you want to do this? I said, no, no, the Lord's been speaking to me. I, I have to quit my job. And what was crazy was at that very same time, that fall before I quit my job, me and Jess, we were in, I would say, heated, intense arguments about where our boys would go to school, okay? Jess grew up going to Dayton Christian. Um, I grew up at a public school, and, um, you know, in my head, I thought the boys would just go to public school, and Jess said she thought the boys would go to private school, and um, let's just say there was a lot of months of intense talking, (laughs) intense talking about where the boys would attend school. And so, um, so I remember, I remember the, the Lord 
speaking to me and saying, I need you to pray about this. Stop arguing about this. And so I started praying about it. And I'll never forget this one night. I'll, I'll never forget. It was, it was one. It was like 103. I saw it on the on the on the kitchen, and it was Chris. It was you know right before Christmas. It was cold. I was up and I was praying. I really wanted to hear God. And I remember the Lord emphatically said, "You will send them to private school." And I remember, kind of looking at God, going, "Did you forget?" that you just asked me to quit my job. You know what I mean? It's like one of those moments, like God is like, hey, I this is what I desire, what I want. And also I want you to quit your job. And you're in that moment where you're like, God, none of this makes sense. None of anything you're doing right now. Like, like at that moment, I felt like everything was coming to an end. The grace that I had to be the youth pastor at that youth group, I could feel the grace lifting. I don't know if any of you have ever felt this way before, but maybe you've been in a job before and you're working that job for like 20 years and all of a sudden one day you're like, there's just no more grace. There's no more strength. And I remember I just, I was coming to this place, there was no grace. I remember one night I was journaling with the Lord, and the Lord said, I'm going to put an end to PJ. And I knew what that meant. I was, I was PJ in, in Michigan. We had Pastor Jeff, and I was Pastor Jeff, and my name was PJ. I mean, when I would come up on stage, I would come up to do the announcements, and there'd be like, Pastor PJ, you know what I mean? And like, on my voicemail, I'd be like, you've reached PJ. You know what I mean? Like, people didn't even know my name. You know, they were like, I'd be like, hey, I'm Jeff. They're like, what? Who are you? No, you're PJ. That is PJ. And I remember the Lord said, I'm going to put an end to PJ. The Lord was, the Lord was ending things. I, I, I lost my identity. I didn't know where our next job was going to be. I, I, I kind of had this word from the Lord. But all, all, all I had was God going, let go. Let go of everything you know. Let go of just being the worship leader here. Let go of you being the youth pastor, the creative pastor. Let go of this future. Let go of everything. And then the Lord's like, I want you to go somewhere that you said you would never go. What was God asking for? Faith. What was God showing me? You're not God. I'm God, and it's about my plans, and it's about what I have in store for your life. I remember when the Lord told me the boys would go to private school, all I could think about was everything we didn't have. We didn't have a lot. I made a youth pastor's salary. I've said this before, Jess was the worship leader of the church, and she didn't get paid a dime. She ran five services a weekend. Every time we prayed about it, the Lord would say, don't you dare say a word about it. I want you to sow. I want you to invest. There are times that the Lord will call you to invest when you're not seeing a harvest. And we're so frustrated sometimes when we don't see the harvest. And God goes, if you'll just hold on, if you'll just hold on, if you'll just hold on, sow and invest. And when we were doing that, and, and I remember all I could see was what we didn't have. And I remember just thinking to the Lord, how? How, God? This makes zero sense. Now, 
I want to make this abundantly clear. What I thought and what I said were two different things. Okay? You got to get this. So the Lord goes, I want you to quit my job. I'm going, how? I want you to send the boys to private school. How? This is my mind. My mind's trying to process. My mind's trying to reason. My mind's trying to understand. Just like all of us, there are moments that God challenges us and our brains cannot compute. It's like our brain is stuck. You know what I mean? We're like, we just like, I don't get it, God. But I understand something, that my words have power and my words have life or my words are death. And I understood at that very moment that God was looking at me to see what words would come out of my mouth. Even though there was an internal struggle inside of me, I had to make sure that my words aligned with what heaven was saying. So my brain was how, but my mouth was yes, Lord. I will quit. Yes, Lord. I don't, I don't get it, but yes, Lord, we will send them to private school. Go with me. Um, you can read this one on the screen. Second Chronicles chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish every deprived fantasy that opposes God and breaks through every attitude that rises up in defense of the true knowledge of God. We're talking about changing our thought life. And you have to understand that your thought life isn't always in agreement with heaven, with what God wants. And there are times that we have to take authority over our thought life. We have to take authority over these fantasies, these rebellious thoughts, that come against the truth and the knowledge of what God has in store for your life. The enemy is called to rob and steal and cheat your life. It says this, we capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bows down in obedience to Jesus. Did you hear that? We take capture of these rebellious thoughts that say how. See, you don't think that that's a rebellious thought. Did you get that? When you think how, or you try to reason God, we think, well, it's just human nature. I just reason. I have these questions. I have these doubts. But they're rebellious thoughts. They're contrary to God's plans. They're contrary to God's will. They're contrary to his work. They're contrary to what he's trying to accomplish in your life. And so the word says what we do is we take capture of these thoughts and we make those thoughts. That's what I was saying there. Did you get that? That's exactly what I was saying there. I thought how, but I took capture of that thought. And I said, you know what? You're going to bow down to Jesus. And my mouth is going to respond correctly to what God wants. Go with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. Then the Lord, God formed man in the dust of the ground. He breathed life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord planted a garden in the east, and he placed the man he had made there. Verse 9. 
The Lord made all sorts of trees to grow up from the ground. The trees were beautiful and produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed a tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 10, a river flowed in the land from Eden, watering the ground and dividing the four branches. The four branches were called uh, Pison, I think it's Pison, flowed around the entire land where gold was found. Okay, so we're seeing like right away the Garden of Eden. What are we seeing? Beautiful trees, wonderful fruit. We're seeing gold. We're seeing wealth. We're seeing God's absolute best for Adam and Eve. Verse, uh, verse 19. Verse, yeah, did I skip that? Verse 19. So the Lord formed from the ground all the wild animals, birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. The man chose names for each one of them. He gave names to the livestock, to the birds, to the sky, and to the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. Verse 21. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was asleep, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And the Lord Lord God made woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Four things that we need to see. Write these down. Four things that we need to see from the very beginning of the Bible. First thing is this. Everything man needed came from God. Everything man needed came from God. God made man and then gave him everything he needed. He gave him beauty. He gave him territory. He gave him wonderful food. He gave him authority. He gave him a beautiful bride, a helper. He gave man everything. Everything man needed came from God. Light bulb moment for all of us, right? Okay. Second thing is this. God blessed man. God blessed man. This is God's intentions always for you. He wants to bless you. That's his desire. He wants to give you his very best. Number three is this, okay? In agreement with God, in agreement, when Adam and Eve were in agreement with God, they were incredibly productive and blessed. Some of you are wondering why you're not blessed. You're not in agreement with God. Some of you are wondering why some things are hard. You're not in agreement with God. When something's hard in my family, I have to stop and go, God, how am I not in agreement with you? Right? God has a rhythm and a balance for everything in my life. So if something's hard or not working properly, I have to pose the question to God. God, how did I get out of agreement with what you had in store? Right? So Adam and Eve, they're in agreement with God, and they're productive, and they're blessed. Number four is this. God loved man. God loved him. And he gave him his very best. Always. Okay? Chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Verse 2, of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit in the tree of the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it or you will die. Verse 4, 
serpent says, you won't die. Same tricks today. Same tricks today. It's okay. You can touch that. You can watch that. You can do that. You can be a part of that. You won't die. God loves you. Verse 5. This is what he said. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. The problem was they were already like God. Right? Didn't the Bible say that God made man in his image? So you are made in the image of God. And this is just the nature and the character of the enemy. He's always to what? To pervert, to twist what God has spoken, to twist what God has spoken to you, to take God's promises and his truth and to twist and to pervert, to pervert it all. Verse 6, a woman was convinced, she saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom. What was the wisdom? What did she really, really want? She wanted what? To be like God. (laughs) She wanted to be God. And it would give to her. So she took the fruit, and she ate it, and she gave some to her husband that was with her, and he ate it too. So what just happened? Free will. You're not putting baby in a corner, right? Right? Free will. Free will just happened. It's the greatest gift that God's ever given us. It's incredible. Every day... I have free will and choice to do whatever I want. And in that choice, I have the ability to choose God or not choose God. And can, can I just specify something? I really think I need to specify this. So many of us in this room, we think, well, I've already chosen God. Right? Like, I'm here today, Pastor Jeff. Like, trust me, my pillow was really nice this morning. The bed was really warm. You know what I mean? Like, I chose God. I'm, I'm here. Yes, I know you've chosen God. But it is a constant, daily choosing God. It's not a one-time decision. All of you, all of you, understand this. Serving Jesus isn't a, I said one prayer, and now I'm good. That is not it. It is a daily decision. Am I choosing God? Adam and Eve said what? I want to be like God. I want to be God. What are they ultimately saying? I want to make the rules. I don't want anybody to rule over me. Right? Isn't this the struggle in all of our hearts? We have marriage issues because I don't want my wife to rule over me. We have issues with our job. I don't want my boss to rule over me. We have issues in life. I don't want anybody to rule over me. Listen, it is, it is culture that tells you, do you. Do what feels good to you. You change your destiny. You make your future. You do you. It's the, you know, I'm sorry, it's a 14-year-old girl that says, you know what, I'll love who I want to love, and I'll date who I want to date. And even though everybody around them is saying, no, no, 
before. No! I was a youth pastor for a lot of years, and they'd be like, Pastor Jeff, he loves me. I'm like, no, he loves lust, and he loves he loves some sex, and he, you know, this is going to end bad, and, and I know what it's going to be like, right? It's free will. It's free will, the man that says, you know what, I'm always right, right? Guys, we're always right. We always know what's best. How would I want God to rule my life and to make my decisions? I'm a grown man, right? I do me. It's a woman that says, you know what? I'm fighting for my dream and how I thought life would be, right? I had a picture in my mind of how life was going to be, and so I'm going to do everything in my power to make it come to pass. It's a question. Do you want to be saved? And what is that question really? Do I want to be saved? What is that question? Do I want to be saved? The question is, do you want to be saved from yourself? I don't know about you, but outside of Jesus, I'm a mess. My life is a mess. My marriage is a mess. Everything is a mess outside of Jesus. It's free will. So what is God looking for then? Genesis chapter 12, okay, verse 1 through 4. Chapter 12, 1 through 4. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and, I will, and you will be a blessing to others. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. I don't care what your political stance is. All I know is this, that when America supports Israel, we're super blessed. It's the word of God. So you want to talk something about Israel? Don't talk to me. We support them financially as a church. We are for Israel. We are for God's people. We are for the the kingdom of God, okay? It is the word of God, and we're going to stand on the word of God. Verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord instructed him. You should highlight that verse. You should circle that verse. You should print that verse, verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Chapter 15, verse 3 says this. So this is Abraham talking to God. He says this, you've given me no descendants of my own. So no so, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own that will be your heir. Well, this is a problem. Abram's old. Sarah's old. They're well past the years of childbirth. God's giving them a promise that they're looking at God going, how? 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 See, everybody wants the promise, and I get it, okay? You love when God speaks a promise into you. It's incredible. But then the time in between, hmm, 
right? The time, the time in between is the moment that you find out, do I have faith in the promise? Do I believe in the promise? Verse 5, then the Lord took Abram outside and he said, look into the sky, count all the stars if you can, if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Chapter 22, verse 1 says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. God called him, and Abraham responds, yes. He replies, I'm here. This needs to be a part of our vocabulary with God. Yes, I'm here. What do you want to say? I'm learning more and more to shut my mouth and walk into God's presence and go, God, what do you want to say? More and more. The more I do that, the more clarity I have. The more I do that, the more the picture is not fuzzy anymore. The more I do that, the quicker I hear what God has in store. He says, yes, I'm here. Verse 2, take your son, Isaac. So God blesses him. He ends up having a son, Isaac whom you love so much, and go to the land of Morah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to on, on one of the mountains in which I will show you. Verse 3, the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, took his two servants along with him and his son Isaac. Then he chopped up the wood for the burnt offering, for fire for the burnt offering, and sent out to the place God had told him. How? How, God, how would you give me the promise and then want it back? How? What is God saying? Abraham. Am I God? Or are you God? See, there was a moment in the garden God went, Adam, are you God or am I God? And Adam and Eve said, no, we'll do it our way. You know what's amazing is Abraham is called the father of our faith. I'm pretty sure God intended for it to have been Adam, the father of our faith. So God's looking at Abraham and he's going, son, Who's in charge? You or me? Abraham. He's super wealthy. God's going, are you going to put your trust in your ability or in me and my plans? Will you leave everything behind? Abraham. Lord, my life is not my own. It's your plans and it's your desires. What was past what what was God asking Pastor Jeff almost 14 years ago when he said to quit my job? I mean, I, I was loving Jesus. I was helping students find him. I was doing everything I knew to show God that I loved him. 
And then God's like, hey, quit. Leave. Go. I have a different plan. What's he asking me and Jess? Am I God or is he God? I had to make another decision. Is it my plan or his plan? Can you put up that picture of oxygen again? No, not that one. The oxygen one. Yeah. This is a cute picture. But you know how hard that was? We had 650 kids in our youth ministry over that we had built for nine years. And then God said, hey, start over. Do you know what it's like to go from speaking to 650 kids to a room where there's five kids and they don't care that you're there? Your ego, your pride, your identity, real quickly, it's either in Jesus or your plans. God's going, who's in charge? Listen, what is God looking for? God's looking for Abraham's. Listen, I saw 2020 the other day, and I don't really get caught up in, like, years, but the Lord, like, pricked my heart about 2020. He was like, 2020, and I just, and I saw a new, I saw a new decade, and I just saw, I saw in the Spirit just blessing, and and the Lord clearly said to me, if if there are some Abrahams will rise up, if some Abrahams will rise up and walk in my plans, they will see the blessing. God's looking for people that will look at the impossible and go, how? How? This is impossible. This makes no sense. And God goes, I need some Abrahams that will see the impossible and go, you know what? With God, it's possible. Anything is possible. Anything. And I don't care what religious background you came from. I don't care if you've seen moments that you thought God failed. God doesn't fail, okay? God doesn't fail, all right? God knows what he's doing. And he needs some Abrahams to rise up and to trust his plan, not your plan. Not your plan. Listen, I can dream up some great plans. But I promise you they would all end in death. They would all end in my demise. They would all end in my failure. I don't want that. Can I tell you something? When me and Jess started a church, Wes, you can come on up. When me and Jess started a church, you know, there's like a million church plant places you can go, and they'll tell you how to start a church, and they'll give you this perfect formula. Like one just started down in Cincinnati. They had 700 people at their first day, 700. And um, every time I prayed about going to one of those, the Lord said, no. 
The Lord said no. Because they control your services. They control what you do. They control what you say. They control all of this. And the Lord said no, 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 no. choose every Sunday, every Sunday to pray for the sick. When churches go, I don't, we won't pray for the sick. We don't want to touch it. There's Sundays that I pray in the spirit, and I know that some of you don't get that, and we're going to help you get that in January, but I'm not going to be afraid of it. It's real. Every Sunday I choose to go, you know what? We're going to worship God a little longer. We're going to believe in faith. Because I want his plan. I want his plan. I'll show you a couple more pictures. Throw that picture. So this is Michael, Ben, and Luke. This is the first day of school this last year. They go to this school. It's in Troy. I know you guys think we're crazy. We drive like 40 minutes every day. I know you think we're nuts. But they go to this great school called Troy Christian. It's like the, it's like the best version of I could ever imagine of a non-denominational Christian school. And so this is their first day of school this year. Go next picture. It's Michael. He plays basketball for them. I don't know if you understand basketball is kind of a big deal in our house. And, and, uh, and so Michael's pretty blessed. He's playing on the special team this year for Troy Christian. They're playing. They're actually, we actually have a game at Bishop Finwick. We have a game at Alder. We have a game against Moeller. If any guys want to come out and see Michael play this year, he's pretty good. Next picture. That's him playing again. Go next picture. That's me and Luke a couple weeks ago at a field trip. Troy Christian, we're at the Troy Christian like farm and we're meeting animals and all this. And next picture, and this is Ben the other night as first fourth grade basketball practice. Look at that form. Look at that form, okay? Okay. Remember when I was asking God how? Remember that? Well, so there. <laughs> When Mr. Wilbur started Troy Christian, he felt like the Holy Spirit told him, you need to take care of pastors. And so a long time ago, Mr. Wilbur made a decision that he would remove 64% of the tuition for pastors. So, with our pastoral discount and the second child discount and the third child discount, we have 70% off tuition. The other day, we got a letter in the, or an email saying that Ben qualified for some scholarship. We're not even going to have to pay for Ben anymore. Ben's going to be 100%, 100% taken care of. Ten years ago, I was asking God how. I told Jess 
Tuesday night, I'm driving home from Ben's practice. I'm thinking, God, I'm going to share this last verse with you. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. All of it. All that he has promised to you. It says this, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. The greatest request you could ever give God. He goes, I can do more. It says this, your most unbelievable dream, your wildest imagination. It says this, he will outdo it all. What is he looking for? He's looking for Abraham's. That will go, I will do what God has asked me to do. And he goes, guess what? Son, daughter, I will pour out my blessing, my favor, my grace, my increase. I will outdo anything that you could ever imagine or hope for. I just need Abraham's. I just need Abraham's. I need some people that will follow me and trust me like Abraham would. And go, you know what, God? I'm not God. I'm not God, and you're God. What do you want? So write this down. I know, I know that we're a few weeks away from the new year, but you need, a, you need to start processing about 2020. God wants to do some things. You need to ask God two questions. God, what do you want me to let go of in 2020? What are some things that I have made a God? It's ruling my life. Now, this is a dangerous prayer. I mean, I know Baker Mayfield said he was feeling dangerous. He needs to get dangerous, right, Doug? We're going to believe he's going to get dangerous today. Today's the day. Today's the day that Trubisky gets saved in Jesus' name, okay? Listen, it's a dangerous prayer. You know why? Because God will actually speak to you. He'll actually tell you some things. He'll actually say, I don't like this. I need you to remove this. And you think it's because he's upset at you. He's just trying to get you somewhere. He's just trying to get you somewhere. And I know, like, right now, you look at the right now. See, we're always so focused on right now. We're always so focused on what we don't have. We're always so focused at what we see. And God goes, I need you to see in faith like Abraham. I gave him a promise, and he didn't have it at that moment. I need you to stand in faith like Abraham stood. I need you to see into the future and to believe something that hasn't come yet. I need you to call something to the existence that hasn't come yet. I need you to stand. I need you. I need you to not look at right now. Second question is this. God, how do you want me to walk in new faith in 2020? New faith. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information. 